Hey, y'all, Zach here. Uh, Thanks for listening. Um, If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, Just let me explain. It's free. Um, There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, so you don't need too much expertise to start. Uh, Anchor will distribute your podcast across all platforms, so you don't have to worry about making an account for Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, etc., um, you can make money from your podcasts um, with no minimum listenership, so it's easy to get started all in one place. Everything you need to know, just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to another Google Analytics live stream. Today we're talking about Data Studio reporting like a boss. I'm Lewis Gray, and I'm here with Nikhil Roy, product manager on Data Studio. As you remember, earlier this spring, we introduced the Google Analytics 360 suite, and we had a number of pieces within that suite, one of which was our data visualization story, Data Studio. So two weeks ago, I stood here and we talked with Nikhil, with not Nikhil, with Nick about introducing Data Studio. This is part two in our three-part series. Uh, Nikhil and I are going to walk through reports, and let me hand it off, and we'll start with some demos. Thanks, Lewis. Excited to be here. Uh, So today, we're going to dive deep into reporting and take a look at how you actually build a report. Uh, So like you mentioned, there's multiple pieces to the product. I'll walk through it. And hopefully we can spend some time on the details of the product itself. Uh, So what I thought we'd do today is actually build a report from scratch. Uh, So let's jump right into it. Uh, Let me open up Data Studio, which I have open here on a tab. Uh, So this is your Data Studio interface, your home screen as we call it. So off to the left you have two two links, reports and data sources. Uh, So now this is a list of reports that I have access to. Uh, So I can click on one, it opens it up. Uh, This is one of the samples we actually built for the Olympic opening ceremonies around the TV ad performance. Uh, So we're going to try and build something, maybe not as pretty, uh, but something close. In order to start building a new report, you just start by clicking on the blue plus button. So that puts you into a blank new report. And as you'd expect, any report actually depends on data. Uh, So we'll start with uh, adding a data source. So I have a whole bunch of data sources that are already existing. Uh, For the purposes of today's demo, I'll actually build the data sources from scratch as well, uh, which is really simple and quick. So here's all the connectors that I have access to. I'll uh, start with a Google Analytics data source, uh, which I'm sure many of you uh, use a lot of. Uh, So I'll go with our demo app. So what I'm going to do for our demo today is actually pull in data from our demo Android app. uh, And I'll click on the account property view and hit hit this blue connect button off to the right. So once it's connected, it goes back to the underlying data source and pulls in the schema. So if you're familiar with Google Analytics, a lot of these metrics and dimensions should should seem very familiar. Uh, Let me give this a new name. I'll call this Android App Data. Uh, And just to quickly give you a cursory overview of what's going on here, these are the metrics and dimensions. Green is a dimension, blue is a metric. I can click into it, rename it. Uh, We auto-detect types. Uh, In this case, it's Google Analytics, so we know the types beforehand. If you're going against a database or a sheet, 
we will still do the auto detection. Uh, if if uh, you want to change the type or change the granularity, for example, if this wasn't a metro code, it was a region code, you can do that here or switch it to another type. Uh, there's also aggregations that you can set as a default. And this little blue plus button inside here actually allows you to create calculated fields. Uh, we can touch on that later, but for now, let's continue and build a report. So I'll go ahead and click on add to report. It'll confirm I want to add it and boom, it drops me back into the report. Now this report editor is modeled after all of our other productivity apps at Google. So, you know, if you're familiar with docs, sheets, or slides, uh, this should seem very familiar. You have a bunch of pull-down menus here uh, and a toolbar uh, that you can uh, use. Uh, so all the visualizations are laid out on the toolbar. Uh, and there's a properties panel off to the right here that you use to actually configure the charts. So Nikhil, usually when we talk about data visualization tools, we want to say, who is this being intended for? You know, we, we looked at, you know, at Google, our mission is to make data accessible and useful. And for this, we can really kind of visualize the data and take it to an intended target. Absolutely. And so when you're going ahead and making a report, it's not just, hey, let's make this look pretty. We want to say, how can we make this look useful? So when you're doing this report, maybe give us an understanding of who you're intending this to be for. Absolutely. So this, I think, I think obviously every dashboard can have a different audience. Sometimes when you're presenting to executives, you know, you need to distill information or, or have less information. Uh, if, you, if it's intended for an audience that's actually running a business, uh, you, you probably want slightly more information, more details. Uh, so this is really, I was thinking, we'll do some Android and iOS data side by side. So multi-profile for someone that's running the app. Right, so the team, the product, the marketing teams that are actually running the app uh, is what I was intending this to be. Uh, so let's, let's start building some, uh, some visualizations. And in order to do that, you just click on one of the visualizations. And on the canvas, all you do is click and draw. And as soon as I release, the editor will auto-configure this visualization. So just like that, I'm drawing almost with data. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, off to the right in the properties panel, you'll see that my data source is auto set to the one I just added. It's set a time dimension for me and it's graphing sessions by default. So in this case, I'm fine with that. I'll leave the sessions in there, but I also want to add another metric. So let me go ahead and quickly do that. Now I get a metric picker and I can go ahead and start looking for different metrics uh, or I can just search. So in this case, I want to look at average session duration. So let me add that in and boom, it adds a line in for me. Uh, looks like the scales are off. So let me fix that. So I'll go to the style tab and say, hey, let's put this on the right axis. So there's a lot of detail in the style tab that we'll touch on later. Uh, in order to continue on, so now that we have the session and the average session duration, maybe we want to show totals. So that's a trend. Now let's look at a total of the sessions. So that's the total with a scorecard right there. Uh, now let me do one thing. I'll, I'll, since the numbers are really big, there's a little option here called compact numbers. So as soon as I hit that, boom, it goes to a compact format. Now these are real live objects. I can actually, and this is a real editor, like a modern editor. So I can control C and control V and it copies these objects. And these aren't screenshots, so 
uh, I'll, I'll change that and now let's get let's get the average session duration added here so th uh, there you go and you'll notice that they're slightly misaligned so let's get them aligned so I can click on that go to the arrange menu or uh, right click and I'll say okay let me align the bottoms and now I've got them perfectly aligned uh, continuing on with other visualizations uh, Let's, let's drop a bar. One of the most commonly used visualizations is a bar chart. So I can add that in here. And again, it's auto-configured. So let's switch out the dimension for now and say, okay, uh, in this case, it's Android. So let's look at a breakdown by you know, the device marketing name. Or we could even go by the brand and see a breakdown by that. So I think um, some people would be really interested to know what data source you're drawing from. Because you've explained to us that you're trying to kind of look at how Android uh, access to the site is doing versus iOS, how they might uh, behave differently. But where's this coming from? Are you pulling from your own personal website? Is this all of Google.com? Where's this coming from? So this is actually a demo profile uh, that we have some dummy data in. Uh, and that's what I, it's Google Analytics data mm -hmm. that's in a demo profile. Cool. Uh, so there you have it. Now you have the the bar chart and I quickly switch the orientation of it. I don't know if you quite caught that uh, to be a uh, horizontal. Uh, so, so now in addition to some of the visualization tools we have, we also have a bunch of shapes and uh, text and image objects. So it really allows you to uh, decorate and bring out your brand if you'd like. So let's start with uh, adding a label. So let's label this data. And let's call this our Android app. Uh, and I'll go ahead and uh, sort of make this bold. Maybe maybe change the font a little to be 24 pixels. And that looks pretty good. So now, to do a side-by-side, -side, all I have to do is I'm going to go ahead and select all these objects and simply make a copy and paste it over. So now I have, I have an exact duplicate of everything. As you see, it's not quite fitting. Uh, and also, for example, if I, if I make a mistake or I hit delete by mistake, uh, that we do have undo and redo capabilities. I can just hit undo and hopefully everything comes back. Uh, so, so we have this all set up side by side. Now let's go to the report settings and I'm gonna change the layout to be landscape so this can fit a lot more information so now uh, I have a lot more breathing room here and I'll move this over uh, just make sure I select the right information move it over and let me rename it so to say iOS so now the next task is to actually get the iOS data hooked up to these specific charts so I'll go to data again and I'll switch out the data source by clicking on it and I'll say, let's create a new data source. And again, we're going to go against some demo data, some fake data, uh, which we have here. And we have some fake iOS data in a profile. And I'll click on that and hit connect. Give it a second to connect. And I'll say this is iOS uh, mobile GA data, something like that. Uh, and click on add to report. And once that's added, it'll add to the report, and you saw those things refresh. Uh, let's, let's continue using some of the shapes and uh, things. 
Now, so, what I found interesting with that is you have multiple style elements. You have four different pieces that you selected, and all at once you change the report source. That's right. So that I, I think I'm kind of used to tools where you have to do it each time for every single style element, right. or you have to select them all and group them and then make a change, but you just kind of automatically did this. Yeah, so the, so this, just like in some of the other editor products, you it, it supports multi-select. Uh, so you can do multi-visualization operations in this product. Nice. Uh, so that's actually pretty nice. Uh, I added a title while we were talking. And let me give this, so we'll call this like a mobile app dashboard. Uh, I can position this. And it's starting to look more and more like a dashboard. Uh, so let's just uh, this bar chart then doesn't let's switch this out obviously the mobile device branding for iOS uh, let's switch it to maybe mobile device info so we break see a breakdown by uh, device type in this case uh, so I'll pause for a minute and actually switch out of edit mode and go into uh, view mode now this is the mode that your viewers would experience this dashboard in uh, once you share it so as you can see, now the charts are more interactive. They started to come to life. Uh, I get hover tips and things like that. So this is sort of the basics of building a dashboard. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to dive a little deeper into uh, was actually interactivity. One of the key things that you want your viewers to do is be able to interact and do semi mini analysis themselves. Uh, so one of the things we offer here is controls. So we have two controls, a date range control and a filter control. So let's start with the date range control. I'll start by dragging and drawing this date range control onto the canvas. Uh, I'll just reset the font to be that. And now let's switch back to view mode to just see what happens. Uh, so it says select date range. Now when I click on it, boom, I get a date picker. And I can, I can select a particular date range and hit apply. Now watch the magic. Automatically, this date picker was bound to all the visualizations on the page. I didn't have to write any code or do anything. Uh, so now all my visualizations are in that date range. And what I like about this a lot, given we're speaking with a experienced user base of Google Analytics, right. is that this looks a lot like Google Analytics, right? This is the same date picker that they're used to. They can pull in the last 30 days. They can make any kind of selection. And like you were saying, this is kind of the view mode. So when you do report like a boss and send it to your boss, right. uh, the boss can still make changes and see it in the whole That's new right. And, and the boss isn't stuck in a particular date range. So now right. all of a sudden your report is super dynamic. It, it also solves for additional issues. I know having been in marketing for many years, they would say, well, you're just giving me the data that I want to see, not the full story. That's right. And in this case, they can actually go through and cut it any way they want and get a full picture of the data. It's very cool. Absolutely. So you notice that the report started up and it was a prompt that said select date range. So let me show you how uh, you can set a default. So when you switch over to the data tab here in the properties side, uh, you'll see there's a default date range property. So I can set that to be, let's say, last 28 days. And I hit apply. And now, you know, it, it actually starts off with a default date range. So when I go back to view mode, it is in the last 28 days. I can open it up. It tells me that that's what it is. And now if I switch it, it actually works. So that's the date range control. 
which adds a lot of interactivity and uh, makes the dashboard a lot more dynamic in terms of the data you can view. Uh, another control that we have is, uh, is the filter control. Uh, so let me, let me add a filter control to this report. So uh, I'll, I'll try and squeeze this up over here, make some room here for the filter control. Uh, let me redraw this and we can drop a filter control right over here. So by default, again, the filter control comes in pre-configured. Uh, so off to the property panel here on the right, you see the dimension is set to source. Uh, what we can do is say device uh, marketing name, or in this case, it's branding. So I can get the same uh, list. It looks like it's actually pulling from the iOS data source. Uh, so let me switch that over to Android. And, and there you go. Now I have a list of uh, Android device manufacturers. And it also shows me a metric if I'd like. Now there's a configurable option here that says show or hide values. So now I can say, okay, show values or hide values. In this case, I'll leave it hidden. And let's jump back over to view mode. So, so now we have this new interactive element. So for example, if I wanted to see only Sony, I can click on that and it updates the entire report. Again, this control was bound to the entire report. Now, obviously, there are no Sony iOS devices. So the right side of my report went blank. Not something I intended for to happen. So let's see how we can But the data is real. That data is real. Yeah. You can tell. Uh, uh, so now let's, let's see how we can scope a particular control to only control a few charts. And we made that actually very easy to do. Uh, all you do is, uh, is select or multi-select. So I'm just going to drag an area and select all the charts. And I'll right click and say group. So now that all these things are in a group, uh, it's going to be limited to or scoped to just those visualizations. So let's try that again. Let's look at Sony only. And now you see the right-hand side is not affected, and but the left-hand side is affected and you can see it dynamically refresh. Uh, one last thing, and then we can move on from the filter controls. Uh, it operates in two modes. So this is the expanded version of the filter control. There's a little checkbox here in my property panel that says expandable. And now, it goes into a drop-down mode. So I can essentially uh, take this, maybe put it right on top of this chart, and say, okay, same filter control, and uh, now go back to view mode, and here you have it. Now it operates more like a drop-down. So when I say, okay, Samsung, Sony, LG, uh, it goes away once I have it selected. It does show you the values selected as a hover tip, uh, so you can you can control those things. So that's filter controls. Excellent. So I know we were talking earlier about uh, taking a report that you've built, mm -hmm. sharing it, and then letting a person edit it. Can we walk through that? Maybe yeah. uh, kind of give me. I want a hands-on here to see if I can. Uh, awesome. Make you this ready to uh, get your hands dirty, Lewis? Uh, so I've clicked the share button, and sharing is actually super simple in Data Studio. So it's important for me to point out that Lewis 
does not have access to any of the data that I've built using this report. I've just been watching. So I'll type in his name and I can select the permission level. Most likely when you share broadly, you're going to give view permissions. But in this case, I'd like Lewis to actually come in and edit with me. So I'll go ahead and click send. And this works very similar to any of the other docs or sheets or slides apps. And as soon as I hit send, Lewis got an email. And once he clicks on the email, opens it up, we should see his presence inside this report. So, uh, Lewis, as soon as you have that opened up, uh, maybe we can uh, work on this side by side. Sure. Uh, I was thinking what would be useful, maybe, or fun, to just uh, sort of recolorize these charts to the right theme. So, let's pick green for Android and whatever color you want for iOS. So long as you did send me the email. Because usually we've done this before. Yes. And every time we've done it previously, we get the email immediately. But because we're doing this live, and this does happen live, I didn't get the email immediately. So let's make sure you send it to the right place. Hopefully that's my corporate account so everyone knows my email who's watching the live stream and that's fine. Yes. Uh, and then that'll come over here and I'll be able to kind of jump in and, and edit with you. Great. So I, I did that. resend that. There we go. So now, now I got it twice. That's how you know this works. All right. All right. <laughs> so we're going to jump right on in. So from my perspective, you're not going to see my screen, but it should look identical to yours. Uh, so I have a report that uh, Nikhil has set up, mobile app dashboard, and I see the same that you do. So you talked about my making style changes, is that correct? That's correct. So I'm going to click the edit button in the top right corner of this dashboard, uh, which you have as well, you can show that. And uh, let's go ahead and make some changes. Uh, so for the iOS app, I have two graphs here. One is the session duration and one is the sessions itself. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and mess with the style a little bit? What do you think that? What color do you want iOS to be today? Red. Red. Okay, we'll go with some red here. So make some red. You'll see they're kind of conflicting because the session duration is also red. Uh, make it a little thicker. I'm going to go into the line weight and change from two to four. So if you guys are watching cool. this live on his screen, as I made changes, they show up completely to Akio and he sees that happen. This, yeah. is, this is really so cool. I didn't, I didn't have to hit save. I didn't push my data over to him. I didn't email him a new copy. Uh, this is live, uh, which I think is really one of the most interesting parts about it. So yeah, we got our iOS here. Uh, I can actually switch the axes up. See, we, I messed up your graph because I hit the right axis on here. And I have the ability to do uh, whatever I want to this. So I can go to the second series. Uh, and I, I think the red-red is conflicting a little bit, so I'm going to make it uh, red and a little bit more purple, if that's okay with you. And then Absolutely. change the line weight to 5, because you said bold. If we're going to do this bold like a boss, <laughs> we're going to get some bold coloring in here. Yeah, and this is super useful when you want to highlight a certain metric. Yeah. Right? So this is and very... I thought the chart below probably should be horizontal as well. I mean, when you look at this, you got your Apple iPhone, the iPad, and the iPod Touch. Not a lot of folks using iPod Touch in this demo. Uh, my kid has one. Uh, but you can go ahead and look at iPhone uh, clearly blowing away iPad in terms of numbers. It looks like 3.9 to 4 million. Uh, but that's just in the last month. That's uh, right. And, you know, as you said, I'm going to get out of edit mode here, switch to view, and I'm going to switch to dates. Now, I assume in my view mode, when I switch to view, it doesn't change it on your screen. It does it's just not. mine. That's right. So, but if I wanted to see it for me, I'm going to go back another month just because I'm curious to see what it does to the numbers. And sure enough, yeah, now I got iOS up to 12 right. and Android to 9.9. .9. You're just going to have to believe me. That's right. <laughs> so while we're on the subject of styling, I thought it'd be uh, good to point out that when you go to the report uh, settings, 
we do have a concept of themes. And right now, uh, there's a, there's, we just shipped two simple themes. It's a simple and simple dark. So let me show you how that works. Uh, so over here in the theme selector, uh, you have simple and simple dark, and we do plan on adding more. Uh, so once I switch it to simple dark, you'll see that there's a pretty dramatic shift here. So it, it auto set the background and the shape colors and the font colors and things like that, and made it a lot more, uh, a, well, it made it like a dark theme. Uh, so, so that's one aspect of styling that I think is in, interesting to point. Yes, <laughs> and then learning from that and then building out. Uh, and so it is always interesting to see. Yeah, and we're very that. encouraged by the feedback. Please keep it coming. Yeah. Uh, and so one question, you know, we talk about building reports like a boss, but as we mentioned, sometimes you have to send these to your boss. So what kind of job titles do you see benefit from knowing this tool, either in building it or receiving it? Right. And broad question, what else should they know? <laughs> so currently we're focused on, um, you know, uh, analysts, data analysts, data scientists, uh, people that, whose job it's generally to deal with data. So that's, that's our current focus for this uh, product. Uh, but we hope that we can broaden those categories to other areas within the organization. So for sort of trivial uh, or repetitive tasks, we hope that you can offload as a data analyst some of this into, onto your users where they can be more self-sufficient. Uh, and what was your second question? Uh, what else should they know? Uh, what else should they know? Well, I mean, it's, it's a very easy product. It's not, it's not that hard to actually ramp up on this product. And I don't think you should make it your goal that you want to switch out your entire BI or reporting system onto Data Studio. My now, uh, you'll notice that I was able to take this line chart and also turn it into a bar chart. So we have a whole bunch of granular settings here on, uh, on each one of these charts. So if you go through the style tab, which I won't spend a whole lot of time today, uh, you can set where the legend should be. I can take the legend off, put it off to the right, uh, things like that, or to the bottom, uh, you know, show data labels if I'd like, uh, too many data points there, and you know, change the axes and things like that. Cool. So that, that's some of the style set. Now, I actually I got told by the team uh, that we are getting a lot of questions rolling in on YouTube. Okay. So we do want to save some time for the Q&A. Yes. And I know actually one of the top questions I get, uh, we get to listen to our users a lot on the social channels. Number one question we always hear, when is Data Studio coming to my country? <laughs> I know we're not answering that right this moment. So today this is all about the U.S. users we've rolled it out to. That's correct. We have planned uh, to roll it out even further coming up. Uh, so if, if that's your question, please save it. We're going to bring it to you coming up. Uh, but we do have a couple things we definitely want to touch on. Uh, one of which, I want to highlight uh, the Data Studio Gallery. We just rolled this out actually That's this right. week. Maybe you can pop it up. Absolutely. Uh, it's at datastudiogallery.appspot.com. Uh, you already had a tab. That's wild. Um, so this actually has a number of interesting Data Studio templates that people have already made with real data, uh, specifically uh, like M. Night Shyamalan. Probably some of you like some of his movies, but not all of them. Uh, this is what the data is telling us. Uh, we can look at the gun control filibuster, what happened there, uh, and also the demo website that we launched with Acme Marketing. Right. And so we commonly get people asking about 
beautiful reports. You're getting good examples. And I think these are some of the best that I've run into uh, in the last several months since you launched the product. Yeah, and interestingly, some of these actually ship in the product out of box. Mm -hmm. So once you sign up for the product, obviously if you're in the U.S. or even inter internationally, you'll at least get to see them and play with them. You can view and edit no matter where you are in the world. Uh, creation right now is limited to the U.S. So we ship some samples uh, so you can get started. You just go to the file menu and make a copy for yourself of the sample and you're off and running. Very cool. So, so I want to not throw off your flow here. We do have a bunch of questions. Sure. Uh, are there any wrap-up pieces you want to hit before we uh, see how? Uh, we get I just wanted to show off maybe a few of these samples actually, but cool. we, we can wait uh, if you want to do some questions. Go ahead and show first. one of the samples, and then right. I'll, I'll uh, look. So through here's the a sample of the very same report that we were building, but just something. If someone spent a little more time on the visual aspects. Uh, the one thing I did forget to mention was a report or a dashboard can be multiple pages. So in this case, this is actually a two-page dashboard, and the second page is all geo-based. I, I think the M. Night Shyamalan deck is actually multiple pages. That's right. That it walks is. through each movie, you know, starting with Sixth Sense all the way down. Yeah. Uh, and really has some deep detail and amazing visuals that you wouldn't want to try and cram into one page. That's right. And that's why we allow multiple pages to get created. Uh, here's one that's, uh, that's getting data from uh, sh a sheet with uh, rain uh, for Chicago. And uh, there's, uh, there's some big query data coming in on flight departure and arrivals. Uh, so you can actually coordinate queries across data sources and see if you find some interesting insights. Uh, so I know we're going January. Look, let's go to the time when it snows a lot. So maybe January and February. Uh, I'll go ahead and hit apply and we see some uh, see some spikes here and uh, we'll give it give it a second and you can see that indeed there is some correlation between precipitation and average flight delays yeah uh, which one assumed but now we have data to prove it that's right which is always great and here's another one that's uh, you know uh, Google Analytics based a sample that we actually ship in the product that shows off some charts and different configurations. Here's a stack bar versus uh, you know, a, a column. Uh, and here's another one that's an AdWords sample that's also shipped with the product. So I don't want to take up too much time on this. Uh, let's do a few questions. Sure. You say a few. I, I see a lot. So we're going to go through and try and find ones that are similar. For those of you who have lob questions in, I know we are monitoring Twitter. Uh, and also questions that are coming in live on the YouTube stream. Uh, so first question is from Steve. Uh, he wants to know, what questions should I be asking of my data that visualization can solve? Yeah, no, that's, that's a very interesting question, and I think a lot of people have written books about this, right? Uh, so we could talk about this at length. I think the key is back to where we started, was you asked me a question, who's your audience, right? And I think that is the key question. Uh, so depending on your, who your audience is, uh, there's probably uh, the dashboard that you create will be maybe more for exploration or more to deliver insights. Right. Uh, so I think, I think it's an audience-dependent question. And uh, ideally, the visualizations themselves point to the insights that you're trying to drive home. And one thing I found, and when I go out and I speak with people who use GA, mm -hmm. they often talk about reports that they build and share weekly 
you know, they spend a lot of time in GA maybe Sunday night to deliver for a Monday meeting That's right. or kind of do the end of week wrap up. And what yeah. I like about Data Studio is you can run it once, publish it to a URL, maybe on your company internet or anywhere that somebody can get to, and it just updates on the fly. And so instead of having to rebuild it every time, you just have to do it once, which is very cool. Uh, and so there's a lot of questions about connectors. You know, what type of data can I bring into Google Data Studio? And what's coming next that you haven't told everybody yet? <laughs> so obviously this is a very new product. We're still in beta, uh, just launched in May. So we're focused on our Google data right now. So you obviously have like Google Analytics, Google Sheets, Google BigQuery, AdWords, YouTube. Uh, uh, so things that are coming down the pipe. So we've heard loud and clear from our users uh, that they want to be able to bring in CSV data, so uploading files. Uh, we've also heard from a bunch of our GA users that double-click data is super important. So that is also something we're looking at. And uh, Search Console, which was previously called Webmaster Tools, is also very relevant to this audience. So, so that is also on our, on our roadmap. And that's good. You saved me a question. Uh, Ryan Jones from Twitter specifically asked about Webmaster Console and AdSense as data sources. Yes. Uh, so thanks for plugging that. Uh, so one person asked, this is from Chad, he said there's a lot of flexibility in Google Data Studio and Analytics. What do you think is the best way to go about planning for making the right reports? Yeah, I mean, so it's, it is a new product, so there is going to be a slight learning curve, but obviously the goal of the product is to make this so that you don't have to read a manual or, uh, you know, go through training to actually use this product. Uh, I think planning out your dashboard, you know, probably involves just maybe uh, some of the things that I do. Sometimes you start off with a whiteboard sketch or a simple notepad sketch uh, to figure out what information you want to lay out. But really, I think it's, it, it's back to the key questions you want this report to answer. You know, is it, is it top line KPIs that you're trying to deliver? Or is it a deep dive into a specific product category uh, that you're trying to deliver a report on? Uh, so I think you start off with a list of questions and actually put those questions on the dashboard itself and draw the visualizations uh, below it to deliver the insights of the answers. And that leads us into another question from Lauren who asks, when sending Data Studio reports to my team, do you recommend a best practice of putting the executive summary in the report or as an attachment email? Uh, so as far as uh, the executive summary, so now I, I did show you you can do multiple pages in the product and you can actually deep link into different pages. Uh, so if you wanted an appendix where you add the executive summary, uh, that, that would be my recommendation, uh, not to start off the dashboard with the summary maybe. If it's a static dashboard, then that makes perfect sense to start off with an executive summary. Uh, but otherwise, I'd say keeping those two separate, making the dashboard as dynamic and reusable as possible is probably your best bet. All right, so here's a quick one. Hank from YouTube was asking, can we use Control-C, Control-Z in Google Data Studio? Absolutely. I saw you do it. The answer is yes. yes. So ability to export PDFs, is it coming soon? <laughs> or do so, I just have to print and say save as? Uh, so you can print and say, p save to PDF. Uh, to be very transparent, that does only one page at a time. Uh, so this is something that we hear a lot about. Right, and uh, our current sharing model is super flexible. It allows you to share with individuals or even groups. 
so if you are using Google Apps for work and you, your domain is uh, Googleized, I'll call it, uh, then this fits perfectly with that workflow. Uh, now we do recognize that sometimes you do want to send this off as a hard copy and things like that. And it is something we're looking to on our roadmap. So you mentioned a couple times you said this is a new product, right? Yes. And so a lot of people are used to a, a current workflow that they already have. Uh, right. I think uh, Gabby was specifically asking about it and says, you know, for a long time she's been doing reporting in Sheets. So what are some benefits from moving mm -hmm. from Sheets to Data Studio? Because that's going to take a little bit of setup uh, to make sure that the data is right. Right. So what does she get from making that type of change? So, so I think for Gabby, if she's happy with Google Sheets, then I think she should stick with it. If that's actually solving all, advice would be to just start small. Start with one or two dashboards and see, see if you can replace something with Data Studio and see how it works out for you. Cool. Okay. Well, Nikhil, I definitely want to thank you for coming in and talking about this. I've been looking forward to this uh, for the last couple of weeks, ever since we announced it. Uh, we are planning a third live stream uh, coming up in a couple weeks uh, with Dave Olison, uh, focused on uh, all the connectors and different pieces that we have coming into Data Studio, the different sources uh, that we can work on. I know he's excited about that, as am I. Absolutely. Uh, as always, uh, continue your questions. Bring them up to us on Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn, wherever you find us at Google Analytics. Uh, and going forward, take a look at Data Studio at datastudio.google.com. I'm Lewis Gray, happy to host this today, and thanks a lot, Nikhil, for joining us. Thank you for having me. All her use cases. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily think that this is a competitive product to Sheets. It's more a complementary product. So I think what Data Studio can offer on top of it is some of these interactive controls. The ability to put multiple charts on a single page is something that only Data Studio does. In Google Sheets, you can take a chart and make it an entire tab, but uh, you can't have multiple visualizations on a tab. And then you layer on the interactivity, and that's what you're really delivering with Google Data Studio. Uh, also, the Data Studio dashboards are fully customizable. So uh, you, you can not only customize the visualizations, but also the layout and introduce or at least inject your branding into it. Uh, the third point I'll make, and we can keep going, is uh, with a Google Sheet, you're, you're also kind of sharing some data with it, the raw data. With a Data Studio dashboard, you can sort of limit what you share based on what you're exposing on the dashboard itself. And so one of the things you were just mentioning, with a Google Sheet, sometimes the data is coming from the cloud, sometimes it's coming from other sheets within that sheet. Uh, and so one of the questions comes from Dinesh on YouTube. He has a two-parter. But the first I think we just discussed, which was, is the computation done on a local system or in the cloud? Uh, so, so the way, I'm not sure I completely understand the question. Uh, but this, for the most part, what we're doing is we're going to the underlying system, fetching the data in real time, and displaying it. Now, obviously, there's some caching layers that we add on top of that to improve performance and make sure this thing loads really fast. Uh, but the computation is done on the server side, so in the mm -hmm. cloud. In the cloud. Uh, and then rendered down to the client, which is your report. Dinesh also wants to know, do we have a limit on the number of rows? So the limit is really uh, system source, data source dependent. Uh, so for example, Google Sheets, has a two million cell count limit. 
and that'll we are limited by the underlying system. Mm -hmm. So one question, this is from uh, Deacon, and mm -hmm. I think I've seen this in action, uh, which is can we make charts automatically show the percentage callouts or changes to data in Data Studio? For example, a percentage increase or decrease over time. Absolutely. And that's actually one of the topics I wanted to cover. So date comparison is something that we've built in as a first class thing into this product. We know everyone does it while reporting. Uh, so you can click on any visualization and when you go to the date area, the date properties of it, you can set up a comparison period for it. So it comes built out of box. Line charts, you can draw two lines. The scorecard, you can show like an up and down arrow, uh, things like that. Yep. Tables, compare one column to a previous date, things like that. And, and going back to this, this is a common question I've seen ever since we launched, uh, which is what about custom reports and dashboards in analytics? So do we see Data Studio as a replacement for those? And should I start using Data Studio instead of them or in addition to? This is from Mark. Yeah, so it really comes down to a couple of decisions. So if the audience of your dashboard already has access to Google Analytics uh, and the current dashboard and custom reporting solutions in Google Analytics satisfy your needs, then I don't really see a reason to pull them out into a new product. Uh, but having worked on Google Analytics for a while, I know there's a ton of limitations in those two features. And it's those limitations that actually led to building of Data Studio. Uh, so, so I would say if you want to display data from multiple profiles, if you want some of the interactivity, some of the customization, the flexibility of Data Studio, it, it makes sense to just use this product. And, and couple that with our very flexible sharing model uh, and you've got, you've got a winner essentially. All right, so Cosman has a question. Uh, can we have tables with records on multiple pages? A table with records on multiple pages? Yes. So if, I, I don't know if you can see my screen, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the question is really around, here's a table and there's a pager at the bottom uh, which has multiple pages. So yes, mm -hmm. the answer is yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, obviously you're going to, anytime you release a product into the wild, right. users are going to interact with it in a way that you didn't anticipate. Absolutely. And that's kind of the best part of having that initial either beta program or starting with a small geography, that's right. small like the United States. 